Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name's Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. And I'm Tom Scholey. Dick Tracy's one of my favorite comic strips. Chester Gould does no wrong, man. Thought, why not pull off the uh, DC kind of treasury edition story that uh, doles us out the Flat Top Jones story. First, Jimmy, what do you have? Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Alive, available now wherever comics and books are sold from Image Comics. This is a collection of all of my Image Street Angel comics, so you get about eight stories in this thing. And uh, it's still available, although in limited quantities. So pick this one up if you uh, don't have it. Pick it up for yourself. If you do have it, pick it up for a friend for this upcoming Christmas holiday season. Uh, you can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download out of print zines and mini comics and you can see a lot of my process original art sketches scripts of how i make comics like street angel like the plain janes octobriana and more that's at patreon.com slash jimrug there's a good glow yeah man so it's a ghost, ghost man. it's supposed to glow it's so good halloween street angel <laughs> tom what you have man? Uh, emulating the treasury uh format here's uh fantastic four grand design and uh you know it's just like this Dick Tracy, it's a complete all-in-one story of uh, the, the life and times of the Fantastic Four. Um, Unlike the uh, the slacker Chester Gold, though, you're putting some panels on the pages. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got he's got a very leisurely uh, you twelve know, panels. Yeah. <laughs> what you got? And I got Jack Kirby, the Epic Life of the King of Comics. It's the life story of Jack Kirby. Uh, you know, it's drawn in pencil, just like Jack Kirby drew all his comics and uh, largely utilizing a six panel grid as as Kirby did, you know, largely through his career. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's his whole life story. And then uh, there's my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show. Red Room Comics, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit, uh, the Antisocial Network trade paperback hitting shops November 9th, man, a 208 page book that sort of co that collects the first season of issues look at this man this is where the the comic material ends where it says the end still got 70 pages worth of extra stuff we're going to do a big video on this uh right before the book launches man uh get it at your local comic shop after november 9th comic shops order heavy man because amazon bought half our print run uh they're expecting that to go quick so if you don't have a shop if you didn't pre-order from fantagraphics Go to Amazon to get your Red Room comic. Uh, if you want to read ahead of time, hit up my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor. Three bucks there. I'm serializing the next round of Red Room comics. We're going to call that one Trigger Warnings. And uh, all those links are in my link tree in the description below this video. So without further ado, gentlemen, we have the Dick Tracy uh, Treasury Edition put out by DC Comics in, uh, in the 70s, man. Got a cool rogues gallery of characters here, man. This guy Pouch right here, very obscene. I feel like Charles Burns pinch hit on this on this drawing. <laughs> like that is such a Burns like drawing to me. There was this dude that when I lived in Southside, he had the trach gimmick, the throat cancer joint, but he wouldn't walk around with his kazoo very much, and he'd still feel the need to chat you up a bunch, and you gotta you gotta pinch. We called him Snapper Neck. You got you got, you gotta pinch the vagina closed on your neck. <laughs> in order to choke the words out of, of your voice. And uh, sometimes uh, if you don't pinch that shut and you sneeze, the bugs do come out from there. Whatever whatever got caught up in your lungs when you cough comes out of that thing. <laughs> now, now Chester Gould like just kind of spent his life at the drawing board and kind of, you know, kind of went insane maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But... Often compared to the complete works of Nietzsche. Yeah, so, you know, it's like, this is, <laughs> the, ki this is the kind of stuff that comes out when you're just like, you know, oozing onto the page it's true and and uh 
you know, like these characters, man, he was only working for about 20, 30 years mm-hmm. by the time he hit this, man. He starts the comic at like 31. Yeah, this isn't the crazy stuff. No. The crazy stuff comes like decades later. Yeah, and I mean, even at this point, he's still working on the strip. In the back, it, it, it talks about like his workflow, his work schedule and stuff. But that's the cart before the horse, man. Uh, let's just jump into things. This is an often repurposed image for, for different formats and stuff. I think it came out like on a, it was a Sunday page. And like Blackthorn, whenever they were doing reprints, they would figure out ways to kind of like create some ornamental extra shit on the inside covers with this. And I've seen this set of images formatted in a million different ways. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Dick Tracy grand design in like one page. Yeah, you know, you're yeah, up for to sure. Speed. This his hair here, like he he has like a much tighter haircut in the bulk as like the '70s went on. He kind of was, Gould was trying to get with the times and yeah. kind of like, you see his hair start to grow. And then like my earliest memories are of like the Dick Tracy with like mutton chop sideburns totally. and like kind of long hair in the back, which this evolves into eventually. I have to show my, uh, oh, my yeah. Bruce Willis <laughs> Dick Tracy profile. <laughs> I love so it. Good, man. That's so freaking it good. It's funny whenever I was drawing that and, and you start thinking this direction and it's like, man, it's real similar. Like his caricature kind of makes sense like this. He, uh, he drew him with a mustache in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Like, Tracy would keep up. It's the bold uh, brush line that you could tell is like the more modern stuff. So they're giving us a quick, and you could tell that this is like bullpen, guys. Mm-hmm. This isn't the, uh, you know, this isn't Chester Gold's brother lettering this stuff, but they're sort of giving us a clue into the atmosphere uh, of this comic. Uh, World War II, a lot of shortages everywhere opens up a black market for people who could pay prices for the things that they want. And guess what, man? If you want sugar and you can't find it at the store, you're a bad guy. And Tracy's going to fill you full of holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, wartime comic strip. Uh, this story takes place between uh, December 21st of 43, May 17th, 1944. Man, so that's a good you know, stretch of time, five, six months worth of comic strips. Yeah, all the little, like, historical context that kind of seeps in, you know, organically through the story is, like, you know, really informative and interesting. Yeah. I love seeing these in color. Yes. It's really interesting to me how much they make sense on this page. Yeah. Um, You know, this is mostly repurposed from the daily strips, right? I don't know if there are Sundays that are cut up and rearranged in here or not. But, I mean, many of these panels, it's, it's daily strip just rearranged. Sometimes the panel's cut out here and there. You know, it's not, like, three panels per daily strips so that's what you're getting but they look natural in color almost like they were created for this kind of color treatment his his later like the first say 10 years he has a lot of that kind of what you think of like uh, gasoline alley uh harold gray a lot of hatching Mm -hmm. and print technology just got worse over time and you needed to have bolder and bolder lines man uh his bold strokes just lend well to color really really beautifully like whenever you would see this stuff on sunday pages uh it 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 would sing and look incredible so flat top as played by william forsyth in the movie for those playing at home man is a hitman and he's he's a button man he got called to town called to shy town to take care of tracy because he's been uh, a thorn in the side of the underworld man and uh that's exactly what he came to town to do and very rapidly gets his hands on uh, tracy within pages we uh we often talk about like story structure it's so different reading like from a daily strip because it's like things happen you know like look he's got the drop on tracy 
and it didn't take any time. Yeah. Like, he's got him in the car ready to execute him, and we're on page five of, like, you know, a 70-page book here. When you read these whole collections and stuff, uh, Little Orphan Annie works the same way. Hergé's Tintin works this way. Like, uh, these characters don't take a break in no, life. No, I was going to say, it sets a pace. Yeah, they do not take a break in life, man. And it's one adventure after the other, and it just is never stops. But the skills of the cartoonists come into play here because you have to continue setting things up for the future you got to resolve earlier things and there is like reading the shop talk book with um the milk kniff interview there is a structure to the amount of story that they want to to um have kind of play out and resolve within like maybe a 10 week time right. frame mm -hmm. so there are those strictures that are involved in that game as well. It's much different than like a person who makes comic books. Totally. That looks obscene, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, what you're looking at here too, because the panels that would get cut, sometimes the first panel in the daily would get cut because it might be a, a recap. recap. Uh, so if you're looking at this, you might have three, three days here, three and a half days, something like that, which means three or four things are going to happen per page. Yeah. Sometimes a couple things happen in one daily set. So you might get four or five incidents happening on one of these pages and it does create like a pretty wild reading experience. He becomes a master of that. Like even in the 60s, which is his like uh, a period of time where he just get, Chester Gold gets dissed a lot. There could be four disparate images, but you read them cumulatively and four stories are, are playing out, man. In this, at this point, Flattop has decided to blackmail the guys who are paying him. So that's why Tracy is still alive and they're in sort of a safe house apartment. And uh, this time, while he's waiting to get $50,000 instead of five, Tracy is fooling around on the piano and realizes the girl below them is studying to be a, uh, like, Morse code, essentially. Yeah. He starts those... tapping on the floor Morse code messages to her. Yeah. See, all this stuff happens, man. Flattop meets the girl gets to talking to her and we find out that she's going to be one of those whack girls or whatever they were called man like we but yeah wac we learned about them in mad we learned about them <laughs> with warren bernard uh so she's going to be a, a coder and tracy knows about it because flat top is talking about digging a chick so he's clacking on the ground and she's She's translating. I love that panel, just a shoe. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful the way this story meanders? Because it's it starts out like I'm hired to kill Dick Tracy, and then yeah, now he's got Dick Tracy and he's pointing a gun at his head, and then it's like all these all these like little ways to kind of keep this yarn unspooling, and, and you know, it always resolves. And... Yeah, it always resolves, and there will always be these like lull periods where it just feels like. Chester Gold is kind of going through motions, and then he'll introduce another weird element to just keep keep your interest up. And the entire series moves that way. I've heard every single strip that he. I'm I'm such a fan of his work that I even actually bought the Max Allen Collins like uh, shit that comes after mm -hmm. because I just like dig the characters. I really love his body of work. And it all works that way where it, it there are these ebbs and flows and you think that he's, you know, kind of just just phoning it in for a minute. And then you'll it'll cut to a sequence where it's like at a carnival and he's drawing stuff he's never drawn before and, uh, you know, introducing all these other elements. Uh, the 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 violence is like it's spaced out 
And then when it happens, it's shocking yes. and exciting and and disturbing. Headshots and in, I was gonna, in yeah, the daily newspaper. Yes, exactly, and not just one. <laughs> well, because I think <laughs> there's several on this one page, and you know, probably a couple of sequences. I think I've read more Fearless Fosdick than Dick Tracy, and so like the the spoofing isn't that that uh, Al Cap does isn't that far off it's from true. the original. It's true. I was I was almost I was think after reading this I was like I should go back and just start reading all of them again and just like do that little like hash mark, you know, tally thing every five <laughs> you put the score through of uh gunshots that that Dick Tracy has uh, received in his day. Yeah, he dude. gets winged in the side here. I'm sure by the time by the time Gold hangs it up, you've got a you've got like you know a slasher. Page. It's a slasher comic. Well, yeah, we we saw like he has like a a graveyard. He had a graveyard in his backyard where he put a little <laughs> like tombstone of whenever one of his characters would get killed. Yeah, man. Like when his villains die, they fucking stay dead, and they're often these grisly demises, man. And uh, that will not be an exception <laughs> in this book. Something of maybe interest to formalist is uh you know whenever he runs these pages. Your panels are getting trimmed down a little bit, or is that a Sunday page? Yeah, I, I think it is Sunday. Like okay. the, the Sundays would carry, carry when you get stuff like that. Yeah, and and we talk about like you know Superman as an archetype or whatever. Like Dick Tracy, an archetype, and like of just like superheroes and like all kinds of stuff, and like. You, you you look at the iconography and like when he's got like the ripped up shirt or that like and all this stuff translates so like one to one into Batman like Batman makes so much sense yes. when you take a look at him and then even like when Dick Sprang comes along and like further uh, gouldizes Batman and then um, you know like the the Bruce Tim thing it's it's got more it's got more in common with with uh, Dick Tracy than it does with, with Batman. Look at how bizarre that is for a panel. <laughs> Man, you just got to get this shit done, dude. And, and it's it's a reading experience. Like, it's part of a context. Like, it's never, you know, it, there, there's never, like, a showstopper, you know. It's just keeping this, keeping this train rolling. And again, like, I was, like, so entertained you know through through this whole ride it it it'll capture you man like you bust out one of those idw books and before you know it, you you read 100 pages yeah like there's this like little kid who shows up who like pickpockets uh uh flat top and then flat top hires him and then he buys him a pair of or he gives him money and he blows it on a pair of skates he, he, he becomes nouveau riche man like he's <laughs> he, he's he's warehouse in uh flat top in his like little house and poor mom she has to she has to work all day uh, to to sort of make ends meet, and the boy's like, yeah, flat top's gonna be staying here. And yeah. everybody's working an angle, you know, it, in multiple angles. It's great how much it flips and flops around, yeah. you know. Like we go from Tracy being in in danger to now Tracy's hunting flat top, who's hiding out. And look, and here's the nouveau riche boy <laughs> showing fifty dollar bills around around town. Like, what's a nineteen forty four fifty dollar bill come come to in with inflation, man? And you got like. This is a kid because they say it's supposed to be a right, kid. Right. Yeah. yeah. It looks like a little toothless uh, Gabby Hayes kind of kind of character. Watch, watch out for coats. those. Watch out for those skates. They'll be your downfall. There this... are two or three of these kinds of things where it's like Chester. You could just like <laughs> you could just let us find out. Like he's, <laughs> right. he's like so excited right. to tell you that this he kid's going to be yeah, down. Like, what's his uh, beef with skates? I feel like <laughs> this is a uh, big skate should be getting involved here. But the the fifty dollar bill stuff is you know part of the police procedural stuff, and there are there are several of those throughout this storyline of just little details that Tracy then uses to track something down to follow a clue a lead. 
and uh, they they don't they don't uh, give us much time. Like uh, the boy goes out, he's got the, he's got new vines, as Iceberg Slim would call it. He goes get some fresh skates, and uh, <laughs> he's done. Like uh, here's our grizzly. Yeah, pretty grizzly demise. By, by the way, he's gambling. Like, All these right. are betting tickets that he's finding. So he's not just buying shit. He's gambling. He's in the vice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to, like, you know, the cigar shop, like, play, playing the trotters. <laughs> well, I mean, how do you <laughs> he met him as a pickpocket, so. True. Um, and I just, yeah, man, a body in the ice. It, it didn't occur to a me kid, until reading this that Flattop is, is kind of, it seems like he's modeled after Peter Lorre. And you I know, kind of picture that voice. The, the, you know? the, I feel like the voice in the cartoon might be might be similar like that, actually. And he's got like the Humphrey Bogart uh, suit on. That's a hilarious panel too. Some of these yeah. panels are just really entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it, it is like it's goofy and silly and funny, but then it's like deadly serious. Like it's I, a really nice mix. I buy it all. No, me you too. Yeah, I'm on board. And it's like an episode of CSI. If you ever watch yeah. that, it's the same kind of like heavy-handed, ham-fisted, really obvious bullshit. It's here. Like you, you get versions of that here. Much more charming, uh, you know, depending on your taste, uh, which he, one you'd pick. But. And and Flattop is such a heathen, right, that he's tearing up the family scrapbook. <laughs> and we established that the dad is dead. So there's, like, photos of dearly departed in there. But he's got to, like, stash his hitman winnings. Doesn't, doesn't like to go out at night with $5,000 on him. So uh, he looks around. He's like, yeah, they probably look at the photo album about once every 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the guy who's going to shake down Flattop, you <laughs> yes. know? Uh, but it's kind yeah, of a good detail, though, you know, yeah. the idea that even Flattop is is uh, not above the, the vice that's out there. Well, this Dick Tracy world is a super dangerous world. And, and yeah, like, uh, Flattop is, like, a, a bad guy in every sense. He's screwing over everybody. The page before is whenever Flattop's hiding the money. You turn the page, and Tracy has tracked down the money in the photo album. Yeah, the MacGuffin to get him to that house was that little dead boy on those expensive skates. Mm -hmm. And now you get in the family album because we need need a picture for the funeral. <laughs> right. This is like a really interesting twist that comes up here. He hides in a chimney, which again, like you know, it was you know freaking me out a little bit. You know, just the claustrophobia, imagining that thing. That kind of way he's sick. Yeah, yeah, and and then he like dips his toe in something soft. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and then you turn the page, and it's like there's bees in there, and they're making honey. And then the downstairs neighbors are like, "Ooh, honey!" And they climb up on the roof I like to try that. to get something. Like, is this what it was like during World War II? Anybody unfamiliar with Chester Golden, Dick Tracy, and we're like, yeah, it's not for a couple decades before he gets weird. <laughs> <laughs> and and the clue is that there are bees all over the the um, cops <laughs> and stuff, but they're not stinging anybody. So he's like, hmm, where the hell are these bees coming from? They must from? have been disturbed. They were sleeping for winter. So he go, the guy goes to look for some honey and then like starts sticking a broom handle there. It's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, gremlins or something. Dude, my face is hurting from, from laughing so much. It is pretty great. Yeah, I mean, this is a new he, favorite. So he's on the level and, and you know what? They're almost talking about mineral rights here. Like, yeah. the old guy's like, oh, you didn't know that, like, the chimney's on my side of our <laughs> townhouse, man. This honey is mine. But, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Flattop leaves, gives gives $5 for their troubles. Ma and Pa Kent. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, the world here is, like, a world of, like, sort of, like, a commerce. It's got an economy, and it's got, like, a different totally. kind of, a, like, a, like, a poverty economy. I, I feel like that's so much Chester Gold, yeah. you know, voice in here. But he finds a guy who's hustling magic dry cleaner on the streets, and he needs some. He was just stuck in a chimney, has soot all over his clothes. And he's and he's, he's got that that erectile piece. Yes. Now, this... this put is, it into the guy's ass cheek. 
this is like a good thing to take note of just from like like a formal standpoint because like these two have a scuffle and then it looks like this other guy sets flat top on fire and like as you're reading this like you would be yeah, able it's, to it's, believe it's mis misleading especially yeah. if you were reading like four panels at, at a time like on a day in, in real time yeah because great panel where the scuffle takes place we don't see the actual scuffle yeah. we just kind of hear that it's going on and reading this i was fooled like i was like I guess this is how Flattop bites it, and then like the next page is like maybe some other villain that Dick Tracy's going And then going back after. to the grizzly parts, yes. his uh, magic dry cleaner is actually gasoline, which <laughs> Flattop isn't too happy about when it doesn't work, and dumps it on this guy and lights him on fire, <laughs> and we watch him burn to death. But here's the, into just a charred corpse. Yeah, and like that they can't recognize, they can't identify him because but, he's so burnt up. But then they do, because the guy's just like really staring so close, and he's like. Oh, that's Hawker Davis. We were wrong. Now, so then, I wonder if that's his Christian name. So then, <laughs> if you're Hawker Davis, what else can you do but sell dry? Well, dry in cleaner. Chester Gold World, Ma at Malcolm Gladwell, man, there was like that girl named uh, Temptress, and then mm. and then uh, she she became uh, you know pregnant by like eight dudes or something. Or Damien. Name your kid Damien and see what happens. <laughs> see what that little fucker grows up into. So. Like, this is kind of cool because it's like, oh, wait, that wasn't flat top. It was the other guy. And then I turn back and I read the pages and there's a scuffle. There's two guys talking. And because comics, you don't hear a soundtrack, you can't tell the difference between the two voices talking. You're just looking at two, you know, word balloons. So it's like, okay, there's a, there's a trick that, that might come in handy later. How about his flapper haircut, this flat top, man? I'm, like, his haircut makes me think of, like, Houdini. Mm. That's kind of like Houdini hair. Did we, uh, did we all miss the part where he sets up the guys who are paying flat top we, we may have yeah we, we skipped that, that, that yeah. Right yeah, yeah okay yeah. I, I mentioned it because it reminds me of the wire where they're sending out like okay have the newspaper run the headline that yeah, that i died that yeah. tracy died and you see it again you know like now they, they use the newspaper several times throughout the storytelling and it reminds me of wire and it feels like that's almost a noir staple right of like show the headlines right uh, you know to 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 uh Basically, just to get this information out there. That guy with position. That guy with the miracle dry cleaning. Like, it makes me want. Like, was dry cleaning some like big crazy thing back then? Because there was that like Billy Bob Thornton movie where like it was in black and white, where he like goes into dry cleaning, and it like seems like it's a scam, or and it's like the man you who use chemicals. The man who wasn't there. You use chemicals to wash your clothes. Chemical, you know. And and then then this guy sets some on fire with like dry cleaning uh, <laughs> fluid. And now we've got a uh, new, new character showing up. Vitamin Flintheart, man. One of the classics. This character will be a staple of, of the series. There are these little object things that are the MacGuffins. Like, it's it's a comic of MacGuffins, man, mm -hmm. where you just have these, like, little objects that set Tracy on paths. And, and, uh, and that's just the way it works for 50 years. Well, you think about, like, plot. <clears throat> like, what is plot? And then there's the definition of plot as like a scheme, a th and it's that this is made out of schemes. It's like schemes within schemes. This is one of those examples of of uh, Chester Chester Gold kind of like having his rhythm and having his pace, and and like you know you get a sense of like his dialogue and his characterization, and and you know flat top. You don't get he's kind of flat or whatever. He's just like every other villain. But then you get the unorthodox move of like introducing vitamin flintheart and uh hypochondriac mm -hmm. he is a great character it yeah kind of reminds me of like funky Flashman or something with like he's like loquacious and yeah he's really fun in yeah. contrast with everything we've seen so this is a 12 panel page we're not getting the header i assume that means we're not cutting a panel out because if you figure there's a 24 panels between sundays 
Uh, so usually we see about 22 of them. I was thinking like, do you, are you able when you're reading this to tell like, okay, that's the end of a, of a strip. You know what I mean? Like, like a cliffhanger is your last piece, right? Like, oh, I dropped my war bond and now those kids are looking up here. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't looking out for that and it, I wasn't aware of it in the way that I sometimes am when I'm reading like strip reprints. So what, like whatever they did here, like worked. Yeah. Reading the, uh, reading the strips, like in the IDW books where it's Swartz and all, there's everything. There isn't really the, like, he just writes a flowing story. Uh-huh. There's rarely ever a recap, and if it is, it's it's the Monday strip right after Sunday. Yeah, he gets he gets the disguise kit. He gets a, a hold of Vitamin Flintheart's <laughs> disguise kit. <laughs> <laughs> That's another perfect one for like a police story, villains in disguise. And like I think we talked at some point about like the influence that this has on just like crime fiction, like all yeah. those like Dashiell Hammett stuff. Like, they're kind of doing a Dick Tracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, described as, you know, the first kind of, like, procedural kind of Dick. I mean, there was, like, Sherlock Holmes and a little bit of that stuff. But, like, the noir-era gangster land kind of Yeah, Tommy Gunn. Yeah. Do you guys know what this is? The Bismuth? No, I've heard of that shit. I mean, that's what Pepto-Bismol is. is Uh, yeah, clearly it's some kind of elixir based on the context, but it's just not something I'd ever heard of. Yeah, nerve tonic. He needs his mother's little helper. <laughs> this is a wild sequence. Flattop goes into the movie theater to hide out in his disguise and then swaps his disguise with somebody who leaves while Vitamin, uh, what's his name? Flintheart. Flint, Flintheart and uh, Tracy are out there waiting, you know, like identify the disguise whenever it comes out nearly shoots a kid as a result <laughs> yeah and and you know fight him in flintheart he's he's his heart's not made of stone even though he's called flintheart <laughs> uh but another MacGuffin is going to be his his mink coat mm-hmm. his mangy coat <laughs> yeah yeah and that is kind of a cool moment where it's like it look you know that that idea of like the guilt and, and then even like if, if what if tracy had shot him and stuff like tracy tracy always like remains in the clear in all of these little situations absolutely man he's mr magoo so you know stage left comes flat top goes to shoot him but there's just a guy hiding behind a sign you know like a, a, a citizen or something man shoots, <laughs> and him, shoots him right through yeah, the gullet that's like tracy's like kind of like sidekick guy who like by the time I was getting into it, it was like Sam. There was like Sam Ketchum, Sam, yeah. Sam kind of looks like Flat Top. I would always get them mixed up. They both <laughs> had like the freckles. Peculiar subplot here of uh, I think it's Sam that hands Vitamin Flat Top's gun. Yeah. Hold on to this. Puts it in his pocket. Three days later, shoots some <laughs> some uh, bartender with it. <laughs> right. Look at look at that man. Mm-hmm. That yeah, looks painful that's, as hell. That's, uh, that's black. That's outlaw blood. Yeah, it is. And it just ain't stopping. It's fun to see influences of this kind of art. Maybe not influence, but like contemporaries. Basil Wolverton, I see little mm-hmm. bits of. Fletcher Hanks at times feels like he pops up in a panel here and there. And then there's stu- there's like the on the nose stuff like that cabbie comic. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I just see like this going straight into Batman. And then, and then even, I, like I see the influence on Kirby. You know, these yeah. like sort of larger than life, certainly in the villain designs. Chops the gun and wings a dude on yeah. the headpiece. Yeah, and this one, I was kind of thinking, like, man, how's he get out of this? Because the guy that he shot didn't see him shoot him. So, for all he knows, he did shoot him in cold blood. And then it's like, oh, I saw in the mirror that he dropped it. <laughs> you know, that's pretty great. You know, like, like uh, these are good. 
this is a uh, chesticle just let you know where things are going loose hair and and you see the the mange uh, yeah, I of realize rabbit that those like sort of call outs that are in comics they're like kind of a common especially of like sort of like alt comics or indie comics and like I've used them myself and it really is a Chester Gould it is thing. yeah absolutely so now we have that to tie up because flat top he's going to prison man but now there's this guy in a bar that's dead and that's how this comic is paced like as soon as like one thing gets tied up uh something else happens the difference with this one is that we're not quite done with flat top yet mm -hmm. yeah it creates like a tension because as you get caught up in these other stories there is that lurking flat top thing. i love whenever we get like the iconic dick tracy pops up from time to time yeah. you'll get a nice nice side profile shot of him oh time to time like it's, it's <laughs> five a page man and yeah, you do, for a week <laughs> like you do see what mazakelli's talking about where he's like i want to draw more like chester gould and then you see a serious polyp and it's that yeah yeah for sure man and i i want to draw more like chester gould for after sure. reading this you know it's interesting who the fans of this is you know like art spiegelman's Spiegelman. a fan of this stuff Todd but Hayden. then he hates frank miller which you know it feels like there's some DNA similarity there, right? It's... Yeah, th I mean, this this is just a really good reading experience. I also feel like with Spiegelman and that kind of crowd, they like to laugh at shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, in his essays and stuff, there will be the parts where he's, like, making fun of this kind of stuff. And that there's Fletcher Hanks. Like, that's one of their things, too. Like, there's some element of, like, irony to, to those dudes. Vitamin's really a fun character. Mm -hmm. It is. Uh, Chester Good will create these characters every now and then. There's B.O. Plenty and, <laughs> and Gravel Gertie, and he, he he has this rogues gallery that's beyond uh, beyond rogues, man. Good supporting cast. So now we have to get Vitamin Flintheart into prison with uh, exactly. Flat Top. This is all that stuff that would be like eliminated <clears throat> by the comics code where it's like replicable stuff where he shows you like how to make like a prison slingshot <laughs> right and it becomes it becomes and an shoot a an injury to the eye yeah 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 just shooting dudes with glass <laughs> this made me remember like i totally forgot about this part of my childhood man but we had we just called it uh paper wads and like we'd go to like the shop and save man and, and just have a ton of rubber bands have a ziploc ziploc bag and the night before just make the tightest <laughs> yes paper wads <laughs> weapon weapon grade uh paper wads and the second the teacher <laughs> turned you just hear <laughs> and then the teacher turned around like and looked back at the class and everybody's smacking each other with like paper wads that stick like leave welts they make noise if they hit the chalkboard totally i, I mean it's like the next step is a zip gun <laughs> <laughs> But this totally reminded me, like, this was such a big part of my, like, elementary school life. That's a great panel. Mm -hmm. Him taking it in the eye and reacting, good stuff. And I'm saying, we were all, like, Lord of the Flies. When that teacher fucking turned away, <laughs> you just heard, it was crossbows and catapults. <laughs> and, and you couldn't tell, because if you told on somebody, man, you would get fucking jumped. Talk about a twist you weren't expecting. That is true. They're going to hide in the Santa Maria. <laughs> 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 they also have to explain it like some millionaire built that for the park and 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 uh they live out there for a long while like it's just a couple of strips that that pass by but it's like weeks of yes. time or something that must have been a real thing right like you don't just invent that model ship in the park that, that must have been based on a real thing dude he spent a lot of time in his drawing <laughs> studio i mean i think that's a beautiful thing to just 
forget about research, forget about the world outside, just immerse yourself in your own whatever. That is true. And that's the stuff that Mazzy Kelly like talks about with his infatuation for, for Chester Gould. It's like, this is a world, man. Mm-hmm. Your logic be damned. He tried to do strips where the villain got erased by a human hand that was coming in out of left, like Chester Gold's hand, like doing that Grant Morrison shit. But it was like Captain Patterson, the guy who runs the syndicate, who's like, Chester, pump the brakes a little bit. Figure out a different way to get out of that situation. Harry's getting some some shit from the chief. I don't know if that happens in every uh, Dick Tracy storyline, but it seems like every cop movie I've ever right, seen. Right, yeah, you're off the case. <laughs> you're taking <laughs> this one too personal. over this. But Tracy, ever persistent. You know how that goes. Well, hey, man, you're only a clue away. They found this <laughs> bottle, this prescription bottle floating in the water. From vitamin. Where yeah. else could it come from except for that, that replica ship? Vitamin's a bad guy to, like, team up with if you're trying to, like, hide out because everything he's got has, like, his name printed <laughs> on it. And... and it becomes a kind of a buddy movie, man. Yeah, I love th- They are a great comedy duo. <laughs> Uh-oh, they're seeing some life in that ship. Not too different than that uh, Donald Duck comic we did, we read recently, man. So they need to make their way out there. And look at like all this like nasal spray and all this bougie shit that this rich dude is fucking with, man. Bringing in the Navy. Let's dispatch this villain already, goddammit. You know, like I, you know, I saw like the Dick Tracy movie and stuff, and so I imagine Flat Top's end was gonna be like, like, like he was gonna get machine gunned by Dick Tracy at the end, and it's, it's not that, and it's like more disturbing than if he had been like machine gunned by the the good guy, the hero, or whatever. There, uh, Little Face Finney was one of the guys in the Dick Tracy movie too, and uh, I am rereading my stuff. I'm up to mm-hmm. 1941, and uh, he like gets his ear cut off gets his ears cut off ends up in like an industrial meat locker like half frozen and i think the way he dies is he gets like rolled up in a in a carpet and mm-hmm. gets submerged or something like th- this guy got put through the paces <laughs> if you're a bad guy in dick tracy world it's not gonna be pretty when all, you're done all the deaths in this comic like the kid with the ice skates it's just like it's just this world that's like just so fickle and dangerous and like you know your death, you know, could could be, you know, right around the corner. So Flattop is playing a game with Flintheart. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm canoeing the hell out of here. Sayonara. But he's just kind of hi- hiding under the pier. And what happens is a piece of his boat oar is showing up through the, through the wood planks that make the floor of this pier. So they know he's down there. Yeah, and then now there's, like, gunshots coming from the floorboards. Yeah. You know what this actually reminded me of? If you remember um, the, the the Boston bomb uh, dudes, the Zornayev yeah. brothers, like the very next day, like I was riveted, st- st- stuck on the news. There was a whole town that was in lockdown and stuff. And the boys, like they, they took the town off lockdown and then it was like t- in 10 minutes, like s- some guy like was like assessed, making sure his house is cool and stuff and like there was a blood trail that led to a boat in his backyard and that's where they dug those dudes out man it's kind of like like this this made me think about that haven't thought about that in however long it's been but uh it's a great expression on flat top in that bottom left hmm <laughs> my foot hit something and he just gets, <laughs> he gets stuck, stuck by a nail they call it a, a spike 
Yeah, he gets stuck. Projecting spikes. We call them nails in this part of the country. <laughs> and drowns, and it's like this ignominious end. And again, you you did get the sense that it was coming down to some like mono mono kind of, th and it's like, you know, and, and it, it does, um, it resonates with like the drowning of the kid in the ice skates, you know. Right. Look at that little dive, man. That's a 10 <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> Thus, we take our last look at Flat Top. Makes me wonder how uh, these characters become so iconic. Does this story very rapidly get packaged into a comic book? Because this character stands the test of time. It's in the movie. There's uh, Flat Top Jr. There's a whole Jones family okay. where you see other Flat Tops. Because I, I feel like when I was a kid, you'd see in the newspaper, you'd see Flat Top. So I guess that was like one of the Flat Top Jr. Like exactly. I, didn't, I didn't know he died. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all die. They all die. And there's never a coming back, man. Uh, but clearly this character had a lot of uh, popularity. And I do just wonder like how that how that happens. Like is it is it word of mouth? Like, yeah, you remember that character Flat Top? You know, I think we just cannot fathom the percentage of population that would have been reading these stories. Exactly, yeah, millions, man. Water cooler talk. <laughs> I'm gonna name my my son Arn like Arn was the name of Prince Valiant's kid, and yeah. like the name Arn Sure. It's like one of the most popular names the the year that that took that happened. Yeah. There were three vitamins in my first grade class. <laughs> <laughs> These Crime Stoppers, like I, as a kid, I I took this stuff to heart, and some of it I still think of. You know? The the sixties period is when it gets real fun because that's when he's the most curmudgeonly and like way out of the culture. Rock and roll has taken over. You know, the Rolling Stones are out yeah. there doing their thing, and so it'll it's all like. The only vehicle that should have fuzzy dice hanging from the dashboard is a sh baby stroller. <laughs> and uh, this other one I remember, it's like a convertible, back of you, car driving off in the distance, girlfriend kissing up on the dude driving, fuzzy dice. <laughs> hey crazy cookies give the driver some space in his car. Like it's just like he identifies the things that make him mad out in the wild. <laughs> and and it's it's like Hey, turn that radio down. There could be crying babies in your on your street. Like it's all that uh -huh. like railing against uh, youth culture or whatever, man. Uh, Chester Gold at, at this point still making a damn strip. He's transitioning. He's almost done. It's almost over. Look at this beautiful patina. It almost looks yeah. printed that way, doesn't it? So this so this book's like what like 1972 or something? Six, I think. And so then when when does he stop? Like right around then. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so like the long hair, 76. mutton chop, Dick Tracy that I saw when I was a kid was the Max Allen Collins. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So Gould would like he no, would die before he'd put mutton chops. No, on. no, he would he would do that. Yeah. He he would he would put weird okay. sideburns on. Yeah. Like yeah, I get maybe when Elvis was out or something mm -hmm. like you could track certain things. He had a weird mustache, he yeah. had more hair, he had he had your your uh, uh Bruce Willis like kind of buzz cut for <laughs> a minute. You know, it's like the only kind of piece that would really change. Super fun. Yeah, so much uh, like I want to read all this stuff. I, I, I got a bunch of Dick Tracy things that, that I can't wait to like dig into. There's the one part here that talks about now in his 70s, uh, Chet does most of the work on the strip, white, writing layouts, penciling, inking figures done by him. His assistant, Fletcher, who takes over the art, uh, inks the backgrounds. Brother Ray Gold does the lettering. Iconic lettering as far as I'm concerned. Super iconic. Sunday through Tuesday is taken up doing just the Sunday page. Uh does the dailies on Wednesday and Thursday. So does six strips 
across two days, three a day, uh, starts writing the next week's strips on Friday. Saturday, answers fan mail. Yeah, I'm glad you bring this up because it's a seven-day week work schedule for probably one of the most successful cartoonists in American history. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, this is like a superhero comic, and you just compare it to contemporary, like, the the stuff that was coming out when he was making this in comics, and they'd all be these, like, sh- the comic books would be all these short stories. It'd just be eight pages, and then you're done. Eight pages, and then you're done. The pacing in these, like, newspaper things are so, so much more pleasing, so much more naturalistic, and so much more in tune with, you know, like, where comics eventually went. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it reads as a comic. You know, yeah. there there really aren't that many like recap panels and stuff like that. You could read it in a very flowing way. That's what I'm saying. You grab one of these IDW books, grab anyone, and uh, you you you'll just he'll grab you by the lapels, man. You're gonna get sucked in. K Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Join me on Patreon.com slash Jim Rugg, where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see original art, sketches, layouts, scripts, the process in which I make Plain Janes, Street Angel, Octobriana, and more at Patreon.com slash Jim Rugg. Check out Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, Fantastic Four Grand Design, and my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show. Uh, Red Room, the anti-social network trade paperback, hit in stores November 9th. Uh, if you pre-ordered it, you should get it in time for uh, the holidays. Uh, get it at your local comic shop. Comic shops order heavy because uh, Amazon bought half the print run. So if you don't find it anywhere else or if you want it uh, by, by the holidays uh, and you're ordering online, hit up Amazon. Uh, read the comics ahead of time on Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscore, serializing the next batch of issues. As we speak every Tuesday, new strips. Uh, those links are available in my link tree. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Given those Martian orders, Jimmy, we're going to be on our way. Read more comics.